Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Before I start, you may have noticed that I'm not producing episodes as frequently as I did before. The reason is that I've been busy making more content, much more. My schedule has just gotten so busy that I don't have as much time as I did previously. The content I've been making has largely been video-based. I produce new videos every few days for my Spirit Aikido online program, which I just filmed the 100th video. I've also produced a video course called Aikido-Based Self-Defense. This course comprises of all the techniques I use to overhaul the first test that I put my students through. These are the most direct and reliable techniques from Aikido and also include some basics of grappling and striking so students have a solid base to their training. A martial art should not make a student train for years or decades before having some practical skills, and this material is how I'm delivering that to my students. They love it and have built practical skills very quickly. This course is going to be going live very soon, as in the next week or two. I'll announce it officially here when it does. A last reminder before we get started. Please support this podcast by liking, subscribing, sharing, and if you can, donating. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. The core of the subject of self-protection is strategy. I make the distinction here between self-protection and self-defense. There are many ways to define these terms, so the definitions I'm using here are the ones that I've found most relevant and applicable. That is, self-defense is the physical aspects of surviving violence. Self-defense is comprised of both the tactics and techniques one uses when a situation gets physically violent. These skills are a subset of self-protection. Self-protection skills consist of a wider scope, including strategy, preparation, awareness, reading body language, risk assessment, judgment, and other non-physical skills. I also count within the skills of self-protection, establishing a rules of engagement. By that, I mean having some predetermined criteria of how you will act or respond in certain circumstances. In the military, rules of engagement dictate the conditions which are acceptable to engage the enemy. The rules of engagement prepare someone facing violence to avoid hesitation and make it clear when they should and should not initiate violence. In the military, this means shooting or using the tools of the trade. For us martial artists, it means going to the physical tools we are trained for. One might not think so, but morality is at play in both realms. If we are to remain human, our decisions and actions must be morally sound. What I want to talk about today are two recent incidents which made the news. These are real-life situations any one of us might find ourselves in. I found both urged me to revisit my own rules of engagement and update them. Before I get into them, a brief word on the motivation behind these two incidents. Both incidents are based in heated exchanges over wearing masks in public. That's a contentious topic right now, but I'm putting aside this motivation without any judgment. However you feel about wearing masks, I think something all peaceful and moral people can agree on is that assaulting others because they don't agree with you is unacceptable. That said, I am addressing these incidents only from a self-protection and self-defense standpoint. The subject at hand is how to handle a situation involving conflict. In both cases, the conflict started as verbal and escalated to physical. Both incidents included video, but didn't include all the lead-up into how they occurred. In both instances, there were descriptions of the lead-up, and those descriptions don't seem to be under dispute. It would be better if we had more footage, but both videos show plenty for us to see and think about. The first incident was a man and a woman who were having lunch at an isolated picnic table at a dog park. 
there was no one around them as they ate their meal. An elderly woman approached them and pointed out that they should be wearing masks. This woman got more agitated as time went on. She drifted away from the couple and then returned, still upset, and proceeded to spray pepper spray on their food and then sprayed the man in the face. About half of this incident was on the video, which started around the time that she returned with the pepper spray. We don't know for certain the nature of the verbal exchange before that, but what we hear on the video is that the man and the woman do not appear to be aggressive or hostile. Let's analyze the situation in chronological order. First thing which happens is the approach. Two people are alone at a table in a park and someone approaches them. One wouldn't normally think danger when approached by an elderly woman with her dog. That's a reasonable assumption, or one would think. The next thing that happens is a verbal exchange. We don't know the nature of this verbal exchange, but we can probably assume it was some kind of command to wear a mask or a scolding for not wearing one. Either way, the exchange was not courteous, and that's the first self-protection red flag. Even then, one wouldn't normally think that an elderly woman is much of a security concern. This concept is one which had me re-examine my own assumptions. Although we don't know the details of the verbal exchange, it's easy for verbal altercations to go in a wrong direction. We don't know if the couple offered the point that since they were eating, they could not wear masks. That simple response could have been overlooked. Perhaps they did say it, and the elderly woman refused to accept that explanation. What we do know is that the elderly woman chose to approach the couple. If she was truly concerned for her health, the smartest choice would be to walk past and not approach them at all. She approached not once, but twice. This establishes that she was an active participant in the violence which was about to occur. From a legal standpoint, if you're involved in a fight, your claim of self-defense goes out the window when you have the opportunity to leave and you decide not to. This often establishes you were more interested in participating in violence than in avoiding it. If the woman felt the couple posed a danger to her, the fact that she approached the couple would destroy her justification that she was concerned for her own health. She clearly had all the space needed to avoid being in proximity of the couple. Rather than avoid them, she not only got close to them but decided to bring out and use pepper spray. It's quite clear that the elderly woman committed assault. Maybe not for pepper spraying the food, but certainly for pepper spraying the man. I'm not sure where pepper spraying someone lies on the legal scale of assault. It is certainly not a deadly weapon, but it might be considered a dangerous weapon. It depends on the state, but I would be surprised if pepper spray was not considered a dangerous substance. From a self-defense standpoint, if someone has any kind of spray in their hand, you must take that seriously. The reason being, you don't know what they are spraying in your face. There are many types of toxic chemicals which could lead to permanent blindness. At the point someone brings out a spray, I would certainly consider this a weapon and act accordingly. A weapon, any weapon, means the stakes are high. While I give the guy credit for remaining calm with the elderly woman, he was lucky in the exchange. Relying on luck is usually a poor strategy. He faced a very challenging situation. Had he punched the woman or harmed her in any way, even shoving her away and she falls and gets a bruise, he would have had serious problems on his hands. It is quite possible he would have been found and charged, which is not necessarily certain. Had the video made it to the internet, he would have been made out to be a monster. It's highly likely that, despite the truth of the matter, he would have been found guilty by enough people in the court of public opinion that his life would have been severely affected in a negative way. He did well to make sure that the elderly woman had no cause for action against him, 
and he didn't appear to be the bad guy. However, the problem of having to withstand an assault with a weapon by an elderly person still exists. That part he did not deal with very well. This is where I think Aikido and good physical skills can play a role. There are certainly good ways to disarm someone like that. First goal is to get the weapon out of play and do it in a way which doesn't harm the elderly woman. If there was ever a solid case for protecting your attacker, this is it. You would be hard-pressed to find a better example. To sum up the lessons from this exchange, 1. Violence can happen in the most unexpected of places. 2. Anyone can be a potential threat. 3. Minding your own business does not guarantee peace. 4. When someone starts a verbal altercation, take it seriously. 5. Watch for weapons and deal with them appropriately. 6. Be ready and prepared for a physical exchange because you may not be able to defuse the situation verbally. Now let's move on to the second incident. In this one, the video includes a bit of the setup prior to the violence occurring. We still don't see exactly how it started, but how it plays out is interesting. The situation is two men are on the sidewalk, with one standing and the other sitting on a park bench. A man and a woman are nearby, and a verbal exchange has already begun. Just like the first incident, the verbal exchange is over wearing masks. In this case, neither of the men are wearing masks. The dialogue in the video reveals that the men are defending their choice not to wear masks, which we can presume is in response to the couple telling them or scolding them that they should be. The words get somewhat heated, but not to the point where the men are taking the exchange as anything more than mild verbal bickering. The man on the park bench remains seated, and the other man stays right where he is. Then, the woman throws her drink on the seated man. It isn't clear from the video exactly what the drink is, although I think it was referred to in the description as coffee. Presumably hot coffee, but we don't know. The drink-soaked man at first is shocked in disbelief, and it takes a moment for him to realize what just happened. He gets to his feet and starts walking towards the couple. They start to back away, and when the wet man keeps coming, the woman's companion steps to get in his way. Words are exchanged, and then the wet man punches the guy in the face. A scuffle ensues with the woman getting involved, too. The physical conflict ends pretty quickly, and at the end the woman's companion has blood all over his face and shirt. It's not clear if the wet man was hit at all during the altercation. As with the first incident, the couple who approached these two men started an argument. If they were concerned for their safety, they would have been better served by walking away. They would be better protected from possible infection, as well as having virtually zero risk of being punched in the face. The fact that the woman committed assault by throwing her drink on the seated man increased the odds of a physical conflict astronomically. At first glance, throwing a drink on someone is pretty benign, at least under normal conditions. If it was hot coffee, the danger increases somewhat. There are accounts of drinks being mixed with foreign materials to make them caustic. A drink thrown at you is not as dangerous as pepper spray being sprayed at you. Possibly. If there's something other than a beverage in that container, then all bets are off. Who knows what is in that container? Are you willing to bet your eyesight on it? The aftermath of this incident is notable as well. The two men were not arrested or charged, even though the woman's companion was clearly injured. Police typically arrest combatants and let the prosecutor go through the incident reports to determine who will get charged. At least, that's how it is in most of the U.S. U.S. police also have a certain amount of discretion to determine whether or not to arrest people. It may be that the police decided that the couple was out of bounds by initiating violence, and in doing so, they got what was coming to them. 
Let's sum up the learning lessons from this exchange, some of which are the same as the previous incident. 1. Violence can happen in the most unexpected of places. 2. Anyone can be a potential threat. 3. Minding your own business does not guarantee peace. 4. When someone starts a verbal altercation, take it seriously. In this case, don't let someone who appears to be agitated behind you. 5. Watch people's hands and be ready for the unexpected. Stand up. You can be casual about it, but don't get caught in a bad position because you stayed seated. This last lesson is tricky, and I'm still mulling it over in my head. That is, the choice of the wet man to stalk down the couple and get payback. At first glance, one might think that he only got a drink dumped on him and he should do nothing about it. It is true that the woman or her companion might be armed, and that by pursuing physical engagement that the situation could get far worse. On the other hand, when people are out in public throwing drinks or assaulting others, is it a good thing for them to act like this without any negative repercussions? Even if police did show up and were shown video, there's about zero chance the woman would get charged or punished in any way for her actions. This poses a pretty serious problem. If poor behavior is allowed, society will see more of it. A verbal scolding is clearly not sufficient feedback to urge someone not to do this kind of behavior again. We are now getting into the philosophy for how to handle aggression, and rather than going off on a tangent, I'll leave you with this thought. There's a great quote by the author of the Conan book series, Robert E. Howard. Civilized men are more discourteous than savages because they know that they can be impolite without having their skulls split, as a general thing. From a self-protection standpoint, verbal aggression is an indicator to possible physical violence. Both of these two incidents, no more than a week apart, show that we must be careful. That means not only being observant, but well prepared to act wisely should we be confronted. To be well prepared, we need to internalize how we would deal with these situations and run them by our own sense of morality. I'm not here to tell you what your morality should be, that's for you to decide. These events happen pretty quickly, and when you're unprepared, surprise works against you. It is best to flush out your strategies, tactics, and rules of engagement in advance so you don't hesitate or fail to act when seconds count. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program now has more than 90 videos, with new ones added every few days. In the most recent series of videos, I cover some techniques and drills from training against an ambush, as well as expand my series on the use of cane for self-defense. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.